Greetings, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Nobleman Podcast. We're continuing our tailgate series featuring Josh Turner. Josh is a church planter. He planted New Life Community Church in Louisa, Virginia, a few years ago. He now serves as the director of church planning for the SBC of Virginia. He delivered this message at our Waynesboro tailgate hosted by Wayne Hills Baptist Church in the spring of 2021. Guys, we all need some wise men in our lives. We need some wisdom. Josh is going to take us into Proverbs for some insights from Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. Let's lean in and soak up some wisdom about guarding our hearts above all else. And guys, pay attention all the way to the end for an invitation to help us hit the road for our fall tailgate tour. Josh and I heard about each other for years, I think. Uh, but didn't meet each other until just, uh, I guess, about six months ago. We finally got connected. And uh, so Josh is originally from Louisa County. His family was in the forestry business. Uh, but then the Lord called him into ministry, and he planted a church in Louisa County, led that church for a number of years, and now he works to help other guys who are called to plant churches do that through the Southern Baptist of Virginia. And so uh, I am excited to have Josh Turner come up here and share a message with you tonight. So Buckle your seatbelts again. Come on up, Josh. Well, it's good to be here with you tonight. It's getting a little chilly, isn't it? Y'all a little chilly? <laughs> Get a little fired up here, run around a lot or something like that. Ed, thank you so much. Oh, yes. Keep doing that, brother God. <laughs> Woo! All right. All right. Let's get going. I'm so happy to be here tonight and... I've got just a few minutes left with you, and we're going to open up the Bible. And I don't know about you, uh, man, we're living in a day where I just like to have a little wisdom. How, how many of you just like to ha- like to know how to make some decisions, like make, ha- have some wisdom about you, all the things coming at us? How do I walk through this? How do I walk through that? Well, did you know tonight we're going to hear from what, what's been told is the wisest man that ever lived. His name's Solomon. And he's in the book of Proverbs. So if you have your Bible, your phone, whatever you got there, Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to start in verse number 20. Pastor Jamie, thank you so much for hosting us tonight out here on this beautiful lot and beautiful church. And my, where where else would you rather be than right here tonight with a bunch of men and opening up the Bible, listening to the Word of God? All right, Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20, my son. Pay attention to what I say. If Solomon was here right now, he'd say something like this. All right, y'all go and put your phone up now. Just lean in a little bit. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. Things are getting ready to get bad, guys. I want you to do something. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. He says, turn your ears to my word. In other words, lean in a little bit. Got a lot of things on your mind, a lot of things that you're thinking about, a lot of responsibilities that men have. For the next few minutes, Solomon would be saying, just kind of put all that aside a little bit. Lean into this. Be all in here for the next few minutes. Turn your ears to my words. Verse 21. Do not let them out of your sight. You can hear him. He's just revving this thing up. He's saying, look, what I'm about to say, you need to pay attention to. What I'm about to say, you need to lean into. Don't let them out of your sight. He's talking about his words. Then he goes on to say, keep them, keep them within your heart, on the inside of your heart. Now, I'm not talking about the physical heart, of course. All of us have a physical heart. But he's talking about that thing inside of us, that soul, that, that spirit that's inside of us that makes us, makes us who we are. Keep, keep these words in your heart. Keep them there. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them. Life. 
life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And then he comes to verse 23. And he says, above all else. In other words, what he's about to talk about is a priority in our lives. Don't, don't miss this. Above all else. Above everything else. You say, Josh, about tomorrow when I think about what I'm going to do at church. Tomorrow about what I've got to do after church. Tomorrow. He says, listen, above everything you got going on in your life right now, he's setting us up because he wants our attention. He wants us to pay attention to what he's about to say. Above all else, three words, guard, guard your heart, guard your heart, for out of your heart flows the wellsprings of life. Above all else, you say, what about all these other things? No, 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 above all else, above all else. Guard your heart. I remember several years ago, in fact, October 25th, 1999, a twin-engine Lear jet taxied down the runway in Orlando, Florida, on its way to Dallas. Somewhere over Gainesville, Florida, the plane should have taken a left and headed to Dallas, but instead the plane kept going straight overturned its course and headed toward South Dakota. Repeated attempts to contact the pilot were fruitless. It was met with deafening silence. Plane just kept on going. I was watching that plane earlier fly over right right before I got up here. That that plane was was taken off. Five flight, fighter planes were dispatched to go up and try to make visual contact with that Learjet to figure out what was going on. Two F-16s were finally able to pull within 50 feet of that Learjet, trying to look inside to see exactly what was happening. The pilots reported back that they were unable to see inside because its windows were iced over. The plane flew on autopilot for 1,400 miles over a period of four hours and finally crashed into a grassy field at 600 miles an hour. All six passengers, as you can imagine, were killed. The most famous passenger being professional golfer Payne Stewart. It was a bizarre and tragic event. Now suppose for a moment you had been on the ground. And just like we saw that jet fly over earlier with that vapor trail behind it, if you would have looked up into that clear autumn sky at that Learjet, you would assume that it was traveling fast and straight. You would have assumed that it was on course. You would have assumed that everything was okay. The reality, though, is on the, on the inside of that plane, something was desperately wrong and was headed for disaster. Your heart, what's on the inside, is the most important leadership tool that you have. And if you've been around men longer than I have, and I've been around a lot of guys, a lot of pastors, a lot of church planners, quite simply, a lot of times things look really good on the outside. Looks like we're right on course. Looks like we're holding it all together. Looks like everything's going well. 
But in reality, if we were to peer in on the inside, many of us, quite honestly, might, might be headed for disaster. It's not our knowledge and not our experiences that matter, not even our charisma that matters. And it's important to have, have, have people to like you. But Solomon says the most important thing that we have above all else, he says, our heart is the thing that we need to guard. In other words, what's on the inside really matters. If we lose our heart, the potential is that we lose everything. And I'm not sure there's ever been quite a time when we've seen so many trusted, high-profile Christian leaders who looked well on the outside or doing great things for God, no doubt, but have fallen, headed for disaster. It was J.C. Ryle who said that men fall in private long before they fall in public. What does this passage say about our heart? And how can we guard our heart? The first thing it says about our heart, we know that our heart is valuable. Our heart is valuable. What's on the inside, our emotional, physical, and spiritual health is a priority in our life. It's not just another section of our life that we ought to pay a little bit of attention to. As Ed said, reading the Word of God can transform our heart. Make sure we guard our heart. I have some friends in my small town of Louisa that work for the North End of Power Station. North End of Power is nuclear power station. And they guard it. If you tried to walk up to the nuclear power station and just think you're going to walk right into that door, you're not going to make it very far. Those guys, those guys are guarding that station because it's powerful. It's valuable. A whole lot happens in there. And yet Solomon says above all of that, that we ought to guard our heart. The second thing it says, it's the source of life. Our heart, our soul is the source of life. It's the wellspring. The springs of life flow from our heart. I was in the logging business for, for quite some time and really enjoyed looking at hardwood, walking through tracks of hardwood and uh, seeing nice oaks and poplars and just looking at the value of those things. And my, man, the bigger, the better. And I remember thinking just how much money I was going to make on those hardwoods at times. But hardwoods are tricky because the outside can look so wonderful. The outside can look so great. But when you cut that tree down, many times and more times than one, I've lost a lot of money because the inside of that tree was hollow. It was nothing there. And that describes a lot of us, doesn't it? Boy, sometimes we polish it up. We look good on the outside, but the inside is nothing there. It's hollow. It's hollow. My brother asked me one time, Josh, how are you leading yourself? Like, lead myself? Like, lead other people. I don't lead myself. He said, no, the important person that you can lead in your life is not other people, but yourself. It's the source of life. Our heart is the source of life. But then next, it's our, our heart is vulnerable. Our heart is vulnerable. If our heart wasn't vulnerable, he wouldn't tell us to guard it. I mean, if we didn't need to guard it, we didn't need to guard it. But no, he says our heart needed to be guarded because it's vulnerable. 
the things that we take in our heart, as Ed said earlier, the stuff we listen to, the stuff we read, the images that we might look at on the internet, it's, it's valuable and it's vulnerable. But then how do we guard our heart? You say, I realize my heart needs to be guarded, but what does that look like? I want to give you a couple of things. First of all, I believe we guard our heart by resisting the urgency of the day for the priority of prayer. As Christian men, we need to spend time with the Father. Spend time with the Father in prayer. Immediately when we get up in the morning, the world's going to come at us. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The buzzer rings. The alarm goes off. It's time to go. It's time to get some things done. Can I just tell you that prayer and time with the Father is the work? That is the work. And so many times when I put God first in my life, the day just seems to work out much better. Now, I've, I've experimented with that. I've got a lot to do today. Maybe God will just understand it. It just seems like the whole day is a mess. Stuff gets broke. Car breaks down. This happens. That happens. All these things happen. Pray to the Father. This is where it starts. This is the nucleus. And oftentimes, busy leaders like us think that this can be compromised. And for a while, we may seem to be doing okay. Wow, things worked out today. I didn't pray. I didn't do this. And, and we can be deceived into thinking that we don't have to do that. And then eventually it runs out. We can't live off of yesterday's blessings. Yesterday's times with God. The second thing, in order to guard our heart, we've got to know who we are. We've got to know who we are. A lot of times who we are is defined by what we do. And we hear the enemy telling us all the time, men, doesn't matter who you are, it's what you do. And that's just not true. We are not defined by what we do. We're defined by who we are in Christ. My self-worth is not based on my performance. Thank God. You remember Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness? What's some of the things that he told Jesus to do to tempt him? Do something. Do something. Turn these stones into bread. I've come to the conclusion that my personal value is not based on what I do or some title that I have, but it's based on the living Christ. It's based on him, not on what I do. And maybe tonight we just need to let some of that doing go. Now, we got things to do. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but can I just tell you who we are is more important than what we do. My identity doesn't come from my work. Doesn't come from any of that. Another lie the enemy will tell us is you are what you have, your possessions. Oh, if you got a lot of stuff, you've arrived. Well, if you have all the right material things, you, you're, you're, you've been successful. The devil looked at Jesus and said, you could have all of this. It was one of those temptations. You look at your neighbor's possessions and you wonder, like, how, can he get, how does he have that? I look at all the stuff I do. I do all this stuff, try to make all, look at him. You're constantly looking and comparing yourself to other people. Our identity's not in what we have. It's in Christ alone. We're just saying that. The third thing, the third lie that the enemy tells us is I am what others think I am. In other words, am I popular enough? 
Am I popular enough in my circles? I don't know about you, but sometimes I try to please men rather than God. Bottom line is this. If we don't care what any other person thinks about us in our life, what would we do differently? If we were just trying to please Christ, true freedom comes when we find our identity. Not in what other people think about us. Not in how popular we are. But very clearly in Christ alone. One of the things we have to do and try to do to guard our heart is sometimes we've got to remove ourselves from culture. Sometimes we've got to get away. Jesus got his disciples away on regular times in regular places. Regular times away are a must. Don't apologize for the times you get away. I remember I used to never go on a vacation with my family and used to feel guilty when I did. Oh, I could be doing so much more. Got things to do at the house. My work's calling. All of these things are happening. All of that can wait. How many of you know your family's a priority? Spend time with your family. Guard your heart. Don't apologize for those times. If I'm going to guard my heart, I've got to acknowledge that I've got blind spots in my life. All of us have blind spots. Guy got in my truck the other day, and he said, uh, my goodness, you need to clean your windshield. I said, my goodness, you need to clean your mouth. You're talking about my truck. <laughs> Just playing. So what's on my windshield? So look at all the bugs on your windshield. Man, now, I'll be honest, I, I didn't notice all those bugs in my windshield. What happened? How did he see bugs and I didn't? Well, you see, one bug at a time, one bug at a time hit my windshield. And I never even noticed that my windshield was dirty. But my friend was able to come right and sit in my truck and see, oh, wow. I want to thank God for all the friends in my life that I've given permission to speak into my life. Do you have a friend like that? Listen, guys, all of us have blind spots. All of us have places in our lives that we, listen, we just can't see. Thank God for a friend that comes along. Says, Josh, I want to show you some bugs, man. You got a few bugs in your life that you need to work out. And I don't get mad about it anymore. I realize he's helping us out. All of us have blind spots in our life. I remember my daughter, one of the things she had to get used to when she first started driving, when I rode with her, I was scared to death. Man, she just put her signal on and thought she could just pull over after checking her mirror. She was just like, signal's on, Dad. I'm like, no, wait. You can't do that. I said, honey, listen, just because you don't see nothing in your mirror don't mean it's nothing there. She had, to, she had to know and understand that there was a blind spot. There's a blind spot, isn't it? When a car pulls up beside you, you can look out your mirror. And Solomon told us to guard our heart. For out of it flows the wellsprings of life. One sure way to fall is to isolate yourself. Don't have any friends. Just do it on your own. Don't allow anyone to speak into your life. It was Dietrich Bonhoeffer that said, sin demands to have a man by himself, if he can get him alone. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've been in a crowd 
But quite honestly, I've been alone. Find some friends. Find some guys that can speak into your life. Find some dudes that you trust. Because Solomon thought it was important that you and I guard our heart. Especially in a world where there's a lot trying to speak into us. Social media, the news, all of these things are coming at us. We need wisdom from God. We need to make decisions based on God's word. Listen, fellas, guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellsprings of life. Amen, guys? Can I pray for you? Father God, tonight, Lord, thank you so much for these men gathered in this field, Lord, right here in this church, Wayne Hills Baptist Church. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would help each of us as Proverbs says, to guard our heart, Lord. Because so many times, Lord, we've got the outside looking good, but the inside's empty. And we could be headed for disaster. Lord Jesus, help us, God. Help us to know and understand it's okay to not be okay. There's guys in our life, Lord, that won't judge us, won't look down upon us, but will help us, dear Father. Lord, help us to find some friends together around us, Lord. And I pray this, the name above every name, the name where every knee will bow, and every tongue confess, the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. So men, are you guarding your heart? Are you taking strategic, intentional steps to protect your heart and your family from the schemes of the devil? Have you ever been like that Learjet that Josh talked about at the beginning of his message, looking good on the outside, but internally headed for disaster? Check out the show notes for more information and connections with Josh, as well as some tools to help you guard your heart with help from God's Word. Also, check out noblewarriors.org for updates on our fall tailgate tour. We're hitting the road again to connect with guys across the state. We want to point them to Jesus and encourage them to launch small groups. You can help us connect the dots. We're asking friends to help us pay it forward by making a donation to help offset tailgate expenses. It costs about $1,000 to put on a tailgate, and we'd love to go into these fall this fall with those expenses covered so all income from the tailgates will help us serve churches beyond those events. Will you be part of helping us hit the road to connect men? Visit noblewarriors.org slash connect the dots to help us connect those tailgate dots. God bless you, men.